welcome back to the Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. Uh, Calvin, I'm back tonight. Uh, we've got a full house. Jack and Charlie, how are you, lads? I'm good. Aye. All right, aye. Yourself? Aye. aye, good. Nice to be back. Nice to have a wee break, but nice to be back and see you again. Um, aye, so a full house, unlike Easter Road these days. Um, however, let's jump in here. The St. Winning game. Uh, right, start a wee bit different tonight. What are two positive things we learned from that game? Two positive things. I'll go first. Um, but first positive for me is Chris Cadden continuing to um, be a, a very good player. I think Cadden's just been absolutely outstanding the past couple of games and he was good in the St Mirren game as well, really busting mm-hmm. a gut to get up the wing. Just about anything good we did in that game, he was involved in. And my second positive after that was uh, Sylvester Jasper when he came on. Looked very, very lively. Looks like we've got a player on our hands there. So I was happy with Cadden and um, Jasper. Cadden especially, because I think he's a player that doesn't get talked about enough for me. He's had been, had been a really good few games. And again, against him. And I sort of feel sorry for him, because he really works hard to get up the wing and puts mm-hmm. in good crosses, and nobody really gets on the end of them. So that was it for me. Those are my two positives. And Charlie? Um, I think probably Mitchell was another positive for me. I think he's, he's going to be a a key player for us going forward this season, I think, and f- from now on, I think, um, I think also like, like Jack said, Jasper, when he come on, I think, um, I think he looked really good. I think he looked to drive with the ball and ha- was really skillful. Um, so I, I think that's what, that's what I want from a winger, someone who isn't scared to do a wee skill to get past a player. So I, those would be my two positives. Uh, I think for me, I'd probably say, Muller, I think Muller was on a, had a really good game. I was really impressed with Muller. Um, especially with the derby and that, but I was just impressed with him. Like he's always gets on the ball and wants to go forward. And then I think a positive for me, I was quite happy to see um uh Dabrowski keep the gloves. I thought that was uh, just steady the ship a wee bit. Right. What are um <clears throat> what are two things we need to work on going forward then? So we've had the positives, let's have a double double edged sword, what's the negatives? Yeah, I'll start this one. We need we need a prolific striker. Um, we need someone who's going to hit the net. Um, because Nisbet had a couple of chances and hit them right at Jack Anik. So we need a prolific striker. But I think that'll come though. I think I think with these crosses into the box, we just need someone to get on the end of them. And I think if I don't know if Melkerson's that type of player to get on the end of these kind of crosses. Um, I'm sure our friend Reindeer mm-hmm. Hot Dog would tell us that he probably sure, is. Got on the end of one in his Instagram video scoring an overhead kick. Aye, so we need someone like that, and I I think someone we need to work on is uh, making sure that Josh Campbell and Jake Doyle Hayes never play for Hibs again. Um, They are (laughs) both both of them were awful on Saturday, and um, I we we can tell how much we miss Joe Neal, which I know a lot of people bang on about Joe Neal, and I personally don't think he's he's that great, but I think in the derby he showed fight, and we definitely missed him on Saturday. I'd agree with you. Like I think. I've definitely been one of the, I guess, the Joel Neal boo boys. And I went, no, a boo boy, but just, I don't think he's, I, I think we've just been too blessed in that position in the past. And I feel like he's not quite up to the scratch, maybe like a McGeoch, a Fivey, or Scott Allen, someone who can actually, like, but he's, he's a weird type of midfielder for me, Neil. He doesn't, like, put his foot on the ball and try and drive forward and make things happen. He's kind of a wee bit of an uglier player. Like, he, he puts his foot in and he gets, he's good at winning the ball back, but he's not really a, or chance creator or a goal scorer himself. What about yourself, Jack? Um, one first one for me. 
you know, no getting the ball away unnecessarily. You look at that, um, the way JDH gave the ball away for their goal, that, that's been a common theme, as Joe Campbell did it um, against Livingston and Celtic, and then JDH did it against Minnes. So I think, because we've been quite solid at the back, but I think a lot of the issues are coming from midfield and giving the ball away unnecessarily. Because before we gave the, before JDH gave the ball away, it basically gifted them yeah. that goal. Right in front of me and all. Before we gave the um, ball away, we would actually had started the second half quite decently. So I think we need to cut that out because it, it's not always going to lead to an opposition goal, but it'll take the momentum out. And so the worst case scenario is a goal, but it still takes momentum out. And I don't think that that's great because if we have good momentum, we can build to something. Um, and then the second thing we need to work on for me is, you know, I'm, I'm going to sound like a broken record here. I think all of us will be saying this is, just stick the chances away. And I've said it before, and I sort of agree with Maloney on that point, is we could have won that game 3 or 4-0 if we'd taken our chances. And I said that when, when Charlie was said to me on the last podcast, Jack, what do you think we need to do to beat St. I said, you know what, we, we could beat teams 4 or 5-0. We could beat teams like that 4 or 5-0 if we just have an end product. We're playing good mm-hmm. football, we're moving the ball about well, but we didn't have an end product, and that's what we need. Now, in the past, you'd have the likes of McLaren or... Riordan or any player like that they would just get in there burst into the box stick it away we don't seem to have that right now and I'm not I think mm. it's frustrating but hopefully Melkerson um, comes in and is that guy for, for us but yeah those are my two things didn't he give the ball away unnecessarily and have an end product to the good football we're playing because it's there I think the skeleton of it is there we're moving the ball a bit well we're creating chances but mm. we just don't have the end product and that's what we need because We've seen it with Man City when Pep first came in. You can have all the possession you want, but if there's no end product, it's no good. Bonnie stand up in the back of the net. I I'd agree. I think I think the two things we need to work on for me is um, I think one of them would be the the options that players offer themselves when it's a throw in. So every time we've got a throw in, you never see anybody moving or trying to trying to make anything happen. There there is very stagnant. It's, it's very obvious as to where the ball is going. The only one on my wing was uh, Miller. Miller moving about, but you got likes of Josh Campbell and that just standing there looking at the guy who's going to take the throw in. And it's like, move a wee bit or run down the wing or do something with it. Um, and I think the second one for me is probably, I think um, we need to stop putting Dabrowski under so much pressure at the back. I feel like there's been a few times, like I can almost see what Maloney wants to do, and it's almost like a more of a European style of play. Like, I've never really seen, like, goalies in Scotland, like, playing it for the back or, like, being good with their feet. Like, you usually see it in, like, German football, for example, like, Neuer. Like, Neuer's quite good with his feet and that, like, that sort of European football. But I, I see them passing the ball back to Macy quite a lot. And, like, even in the Hearts game, my heart was in my mouth because I was like, it's the guy's debut. Like, you're putting him under unnecessary pressure. Like, just deal with it. Um, but we've gotten away lately a few times with it, I feel. But I feel like it's just, it, it, it's just asking for trouble. Uh, so I feel like putting him under a bit of pressure there is um, a bit of a sticky situation. So, guys, what did you make of the start in 11? I was, I was not surprised, to be honest. I thought it was how I expected it to be. Obviously, Newell picked up a knock in the derby, so I knew he'd be out. Um, I was glad to see Dabrowski getting, because I, I think he needs to be given more exposure to the first team like that, because to me, he's a better goalkeeper than Macy. Um I don't think it's like with the women's team where Gabby and Emily are both good goalkeepers and you can sort of in switch what, in what way, Jack, I'm sorry, in what way do you think he's a better goalie? Because there was a lot of folks saying that they think that Macy would have saved those, those shots that 
um, Dabrowski did in the derby. So what do you think is different about um, Dabrowski that makes him better? I think he can command his back line better. Honestly, I've seen that. He's, he I can, heard him talking a lot, actually. You he, he can hear him talking. And you can, you can sort of seem like, oh, calm it down, lads, calm it down. Or whatever, when you get... I know it's that more in the derby than the game. There wasn't really many moments in the Sympany game where I had to do that. Yeah. But the other one is he's not afraid to kill it, come out and collect things. You think a six foot seven goalkeeper would be better at that than a shorter goalkeeper, but he's not afraid to come out and collect things. And I just, when he gets his feet, he's better with his feet than Mace as well. And I prefer, he, I think his distribution's better. A lot of people have been saying that. I know it's a thing, a sort of old man to talk, a thing to talk about, or oh, go with his distribution. But I noticed that his distribution is better than Macy. So I think, for me, I was glad to see Dabrowski start. And I think he sh- should be our starting goalkeeper from now on. Now, he's got his faults, I'll admit that. Um, I think sometimes he palms shots away when he could catch them. But he's a young there's keeper. Two, there's so many dangerous positions, a couple of those saves into the box and done it in the derby and all. And it's like, just as like an experience of you, but I think at that level. But that's it. It'll come. It'll come. I think it'll definitely come. And he's a good goalkeeper. He's got a lot of... And then, apart from that, I was happy. It was good to see Mitchell come in because I do like Mitchell. Um, he really, if we're allowed three positives back there, I would have said Mitchell as well because he is very good. The way he takes... Um, the defenders on and the way he tries and knocks it past them. I think that's good. It doesn't always come off, but it's good that we've got a player that's willing to do that. So, yeah, for me, no complaints. I think Campbell had to start when you look at it on balance. Um, would yeah, I have preferred I, to... I, I didn't think you had, have, had to. Yeah, like. You know what I mean? I think I would have preferred to see Henderson, but at the same time, Maloney obviously rates Campbell. Um, I've said it so many times before, we didn't see what happens on the training ground. So, I can, but he signed Henderson and he worked with Henderson in the under-20s. That's something I was going to come on in a wee bit, like, uh, so we'll probably get get into that. But no, keep going, mate. Yeah, I think, but honestly, I think Campbell starts okay. I would have rather seen Henderson, but like I said, I think Maloney's persistent with Campbell, which it's 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 disappointing because he, I don't think the lad's really there. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything against him at all because I think he'd be a good player if he got out on loan somewhere and got a bit more experience. I think he was thrown at the, in at the deep end far too early. He had that one good game against Rangers. He scored that goal against St Mirren and that was it. And I think a loan spell would do him the world of good. But apart from that, I think a decent know, line what, starting What do you think the difference is between Campbell's and the likes? Because like, the Hibs youth squad in, in, in the last couple of years, like, let's not be around the bush. It's not been great. The, the amount of players we've developed, there's not been great at all. It's been really poor. Um, You look at the likes of like Ollie Shaw, Okay, well, basically brought him up through an academy to now go in. Other other teams are going to reap the rewards. Eh? Again, whatever he does, like his goals and that, they're going to get the best of that because he couldn't hack it at us. Um, it seems to be a very big jump from the youth squad, the development squad, to the first team. Like The jump seems to be quite, quite big because a lot of the players that come up, they're miles off it. Like, for me, yeah. I don't understand why, like, what, what was better about uh, Josh Campbell than it is Fraser Murray. These players were letting go, do you know what I mean? Like, And if the if our youth academy is so good then, why are we signing folk for that Bodo Glint uh, youth academy? That's two players we're signing, do you know what I mean? Like, if yeah, we're I think the markets and that, like... On that you, point, I think... I, I, I just... I, I think it's homegrown talent is very, very important to me. But our academy has not had a good track record. And what is good to see is they're trying to rectify that now. I and I think Doig. I don't want to forget about Doig. You've got Doig, obviously, and I think you know, looking back in previous years before that, you've had some decent prospects come up. But I think Fraser Murray and Ollie Shaw were two players that are good are good at the level they're playing at now, 
but just one not. And I think that's the thing. I don't think there's enough preparation. And I, I, I know you can't really compare men and women's football, but you look at the girls' academy, there is a proper preparation for getting into the first team. There is a proper pathway. We don't have Aye. that in the male football. And I think that's a problem. If you set up a proper pathway for when you're a young laddie all the way into the first team, so the girls, you, the, with the girls' academy, you go in at about under 11 level, right? Um, and you work, and if you're good enough, you'll work your way all the way up to the under-19s NP squad. And then you look at Rosie Livingston, who at 15 has been fast-tracked into the first team. You have Ailey Adams. Now, you've got Rosie and Ailey who are both getting on, scoring goals. Why is that not happening at the main team? It's because there's not a clear enough pathway. There needs to be a clear pathway so that you're developing. Lads. You're not just getting a lad into the under-18s. Oh, he's had a few good games. Let's give him a chance to the first team. I think there needs to be a clearer pathway. And that's something that I know you're that, looking at. Do you think the reason that pathway is not there, though, is because... In the men's game, like the transfer market is much more sort of it's more well used. Do you know what I mean? Like in terms of like, if you've no got it, if you've no got it in house, just go and buy it. Do you know what I mean? Rather I think, than try to make it. Again, I think it, you look at Glasgow City. They they've not got hardly any players in the academy. So I think the thing is, is it's the same in women's football. And the more the women's games becoming professional, the more the women's games get money into it. It's becoming the same. What I love about us as a club is that the women's half the well, quite a few players in the start in eleven the women's team. You've got like Shannon Leishman, Siobhan Hunter, Joel. They all came through the academy system and are still right first team regulars. So I, I think it's just a thing. And obviously, I think we've got the prospects there. And even if we have to bring them in from other countries to develop them, that's what the likes of Schalke and um, Man City do. So I think that's, at least we are sort of following that um, sort of, no, course, I like to say, because you can take a youth prospect from another country and bring them up. That's good because at least then our academy is getting properly utilised. And if you're a young lad playing football in Scotland, you'll obviously want to end up in that academy team down south or you want to end up at the old firm academy teams that have the resources and the facilities. So and I think we've got the facilities too with East Main, you know what I mean? And like Ron said, you look at that compared to Rangers and Celtics well. academies and the money being spent and the facilities they've got are far, and even though East Main is But we should still superior. be producing folk that are best of the rest, you know how? If, I, if I can come in and. Uh, I just jump in at any time. I, I, uh, I've, been, I've been liking this, but I think for my money, we've got one of the worst academies in Scotland uh, for producing players. You look at over the past, since. Ryardin O'Connor and the likes came through. So you're I think talking 20 years ago. Really, the only two that I can think that have actually stuck at Hibs are Portius and Doig. And that's and that's over a 15, 20-year period. So and I think that's why we've brought Steve Keenan, and I think that's why he's brought Boozy in as coach. And I think that's also why we are bringing in players like Del Ferrier from uh, Where's he, Club Bruges or no? Standard no, Liege. Standard Liege, thanks, Jack. And then you've got Runer Haga as well. Runer Haga, and then you've also got that boy um, from America that played at Barca. His name escapes me. But these are players. boy face civil service as well. These are also boys that have first team experience, and I think they're also boys that are that are ready. Hopefully, in the next couple of months, or at, at best, a year to make that step. And I think. The reason the reason Josh Campbell is getting a lot of stick is because the the only place that they could put him is in the first team. He's no mm. he's no first team ready, um, and I think that's why a lot of people are running out of patience with him because he's got experience of playing at Edinburgh City, and that's he's never really played against men. And I know you know professional football player and what have you, but he's no first team ready. Nah. And I think I agree. I think having a loan spell for him would do him the world of good, but. Mm. 
what is he, 21, 22? Like, if he's not ready, or he might be, I don't even know how old he is, to be fair. I'm just plucked out of thin air. I might be wrong. But I think he's he, younger than that, a wee bit younger than that. Give it time. Like, I, I think he is. I think he's, I think he's around that. I think he's about 20 or something. 20 odds, he's, he's early well, 20s. Look at it this way. Josh Doig's about the same age, and he's streets ahead of him. If he's not ready to play first team football, can, but even even look across, like there's Rocky, Rocky Bashiri. He's twenty year old. I mean, Porteous came into the first team when he was younger and has stayed. So that, that James that, Scott, he's only twenty one. I can he's not a world beater, but that's the, that's the I'm point I'm making. Eh? Like if he's I'm not, a, yeah, if, he's not if he's not ready for first team first team football, then. Why is he? Why is he being persisted with? Obviously, he might be a good trainer and what have you. But if he's not producing it on the pitch, then why is he still being persisted <laughs> with? You know. Yeah, I think that's the thing for me is I, I'm I'm rapidly he's losing faith. And people, oh, he's, 20, he's 21. See what I mean? Like he's no. Port just came in at what? <laughs> just first started getting chance when he was what 19. About so, so yeah, I think that's not exactly great. But so, sorry, interject, but I think the thing is, is I'm not usually, and people know this, who follow me and who know me as a football fan, I'm not one to write players off as quickly as I've done with Campbell, because usually I like to give folk chances and I, I like an underdog, but for me, Campbell just no got it. I looked at, at the likes, uh, um, well, for example, I thought I've not been happy with Newell in the past couple of weeks, and then he showed improvement. That's because, to be fair, that's because Newell's older and he's played at Championship League One in England. So he's he's used to, you know, having to step up his game now and again because he's been in relegation battles, whatever. But I just think for me, Campbell's just not got it. And it's a shame because I think he'll, he'll be a good player for some other club. You know, And if he gets that little bit of just experience, get him out to the likes of Ayr or Dunfermline or somewhere like that. And I think he would... A manager like Yogi wouldn't he accept mistakes like that either. He'd be straight. He'd be straight in the mood. I was like, Maloney's more of a. And I like this. I like managers like this. But also, you think you need a firm hand something. But I like mm. and Maloney's a guy that sort of wants to put the arm in the players and go right. Okay, we we'll just look at it like this. So instead, of, uh, you know. So I think for me, it, it, it's a thing. Campbell, it's make or break for him. He needs to show improvement, or I think we offload them either on loan or permanently in the summer. That's right. Even even in the youth squad and development squad squad, he used to start as a as a centre back. He used to be a centre back, and they've just pushed him further up the field. So you can see that he is very defensive, defence minded, and that's why like it's obviously not working. Like for me, him and Doyle Hayes, Newell and Doyle Hayes, it doesn't work. It's too it's, it is too defensive. And yeah, that's what yeah. that's what I noticed this week is I noticed like the St. Mirren game, the reason we're putting so many crosses into the box is because we can only go left or right. Because we've not got anything in the middle. You've got um Mitchell on one wing, and you've got um can I choose another wing? Cardin uh, on the other wing. Uh, so you've got Mitchell on one, one wing, Cardin on another wing. You're getting the balls out to them and they're driving in and crossing the ball across. We can't take it for the centre-back and pass it to the centre-mids because none of them are good enough to get their foot in the ball and drive forward. So that's why you're seeing this style of play from Maloney, I believe, anyway. I, I'm not I'm not against that style of play, mate, but when you've got a striker like Nisbet who's dropping into centre-mid to pick the ball up... It, like, that's and you've the problem. Got, and you've got Deutsch, who's at least two and a half yards off the pace. Like, Easy, aye. You're, you're, we've not got that striker up top that is going to be... Or even a midfielder that's going to, like, a McGuinness type who, yeah. again, we'll not see McGuinness again this season, I think. But nah. you, we need a midfielder who's happy to go past the strikers and get the ball. Or we need a striker. 
we need a fat, we need somebody with a bit of pace up top. And I we just need that big, horrible, sorry, ugly bastard who'll just throw himself a bit. Do you know what I mean? That's what we need. We've not well, got that. You see, you see that with Livingston. I know I'm, I'm not comparing us to, like, but you see that that boy they had up front, Nubly. Like he, well, he, he was, he, he was a, he's a, to get stuck in a boot. And that's what we've not got up front. Um, we need a, we need someone that's, we need someone up front who is happy to throw themselves about, um, like a Grant Holt type player. Yeah. Uh, but we're a bit pace because um, we need. I think we need somebody up front that is is, and it, it gives Nesbitt that freedom to move to get the ball and to to do whatever. But when you've got Dodge beside him who is slower than a week in the jail, you're, uh, these balls in the box aren't going to go anywhere. So I agree. With, I, well, I agree with what you're saying. I I just wanted to see the right, first half thoughts for me. It's something I've noticed is. How slow Hibs start at home. We start so slow in the match. It's almost like Ken. We didn't come at the at the traps gun blazing. It's very slow. It's a very slow build up. It's missed one chance, missed two chance, missed three. Before you know it, you're looking and you're 30 minutes into the match. There's a whole lot of nothing that does happen, like half chances, missed opportunities, and things like that. Whereas like if the some of the times we've been really successful this year is probably against against Rangers in the semi. When we came at the traps and we were guns guns blazing for the word go. Do you know what I mean? Like we were all over them and fast paced attack, like Maloney said he was going to bring and didn't give it long. I'm no point the finger at Maloney here. I'm just saying, like, we are very slow to build out for the back. And I, I watched St. St. Mirren this week. Like, I thought they came and had a go. Usually I think teams are quite hard to break down and they've got like 10, 11 folk behind the ball, but I don't think they did. They left quite a few boys forward and I just thought we were so slow to break them down. Like even if you look at like if you look at Postacoglu, Celtic team, they come at the traps and they're absolutely guns guns blazing. They're three 0 up in thirty minutes. That that's the match done. Thirty minutes working, the match is done. I mean, look at them against old uh, against Rangers. Can they came out guns blazing? First half job done. Do you know what I mean? And then it's like they didn't need to try in the second half. That's why Rangers had a good second half. Same when they played us at Easter Road, like they didn't have to try in the second half. That's why we pulled it back to three one. Um. Same against Hearts and teams like that as well. They've done it too. Like I don't know why we can't try and start fast. We're just very, very slow. And I feel like we we dilly dally and we wait and we and we sort of stall. And then it's like we realise, oh shit! Like it's 70, 72 minutes around the clock. Like well, we've no scored yet. Or we're a goal behind. What have we got to do? Uh, what's your thought on that? That reminds me of the Jack Ross style of play. Um, that I know it worked against Rangers in the semi, but that's mm. the that's the type of football that Maloney's trying to eradicate. And I think. I think the style the style play Maloney wants to play is good, but it doesn't work in Scotland if you've not got the players. We do not have the players to play that type of football. You know what I mean? He, like mu- he must have knew he never had the players. Though. He must have he must have looked at that Hib squad because he, before he took the job, I'm not. Sh- I mean, I'm assuming he, he he'd known in advance he was taking the job, and I'm assuming that he probably done a wee bit of research and watched a few games. He must have known. I, I think he must have, he must have had some sort of idea. Think Christ like. Came up, maybe I can play three at the back because the players we've got right now aren't good enough. I'm going to have to try and try and find like a win now system. I think it's coming though. Like I do, I do think the style of play will work. Mm-hmm. I think, but it's it's also going to take a long time for him to get rid of the deadwood that's in that squad. Like your, well, you see what he's, you see who he got rid of in the January window there. Like he got rid of Murphy, he got rid of Haldig, yeah. he got rid of Gogic, he got rid of Jamie Gullen. He got rid of players that aren't going to play in his style away. So it would be interesting, I think, to see in the summer. I think your your players like your Paul McGinn's and your Darren McGregor's, your players that are out of contract in the summer won't get renewed, I think. Like your unfortunately for 
most Hibs fans, your Scott Allens, your, you know, your players like that that have worked under a certain system, but under this new system with Maloney, I think it's not going to work. And I think that's why he's that's why he's brought in players like Jasper and mm-hmm. Mitchell and players that have that bit of intensity that because when Jasper, player, when Jasper came on, he was looking to get on the ball. And how many times did he skip past Richard Tate? <laughs> Three or four, I counted. And you know, he looked like he wanted to get the ball forward. And I know that second half, but first half, you're right, Calvin. We we were too slow to start. We're dilly-dallying on the ball. We're just we're just very, very slow to start games. And I think we're gonna I think we're gonna get caught out sooner rather than later with that. Yeah, I think I think we've been caught out twice against Livingston and St. Mirren. And I think I think one of the things I noticed as well is like he's obviously only got two of his signings in the team. Um, Rocky, and then he's got Mitchell. That's his two signings. Like for me, just coming back to the Josh Campbell debate, he's obviously signed Liam Henderson. So if that's the Maloney signing, why is he not in the team? I, I mean, other than he might have not had enough minutes, or he might have had the knock. But how is he going to get more minutes by playing games? Do you know what I mean? Like he should. He doesn't seem as confident to me. I think, that. I think it's a bit you and Henderson looks like a good player off the bench because when he came off the bench he was actively looking to get on the ball and you know he had two chances that he probably should have scored with but I mean, um, we can't assign bench players we're not good enough to do that I think I think on that though mate like you look at before the January window how paper thin our bench was so I think it's good to have it's good to have squad players but I, I agree I think our, our starting 11 needs to be a lot stronger than it is just now and I think that'll come though like you know, we've got this money that we got for Boyle that has been promised mm. to be reinvested. So, <clears throat> wouldn't it surprise me if that's reinvested in the summer? Well, it has to be reinvested in the summer because <clears throat> it can't be reinvested before then. But I think, um, I think, I think we'll start to see a different looking Hibs team after the summer. Mm. But it's a, it's a worry. Off, I think. It's a worrying thought though that we've, you know, that's how many games in a row in the league have we not scored? Obviously, take Livingston out last week, but I don't know. Like, well, the, we ha- I was you just going to say, on your point about the bench, like, see, once Henderson came on, I thought, that's all we've got. There's nothing else in that bench that's going to turn this game. Nothing. Nothing. It was Hen- Henderson was the obvious sub. Henderson for that, take your pick, Doyle, Hazer, Campbell. After that, you're looking at it and you're thinking, this is probably our strongest team out here. I, I think, I think, um, I think uh, Jasper was probably one that no one really knows what he's like. So mm. I think now we've, now we've seen him, I think he's definitely one that, I would like to see at least start on Sunday against Arbroath. Or ahead of who? Ahead of that's a good point actually. I get it. Ahead of who? It's a tough one. You've know I mean? like, got that many wingers. You can't drop Cadden. Cadden's got to be the first name on the sheet for me. Unless you play him through the middle, but then you, you sort of risk dropping Muller. But can't drop Muller. Do you know what I mean? I know that's it's, We've got that many wingers. I think we are very top heavy up to the top half of the pitch, and you know we're. Bear, bear in mind also, like where Hanlon's no there and Clark's no there. I know I'm no Hanlon's biggest fan, but I think there's definitely something to be said about. I wonder what the results would have been like if he was in the team, especially the Livingston and the St. Mirren ones, because I mm-hmm. think he is, I think he's a steady Eddie at the back, and I think we don't we don't really have that um, just now. But then also the question, I know I'm probably off on a wee tangent here, but if Hanlon comes back when Hanlon's fit, I don't know how long he's out for. No one really knows, but who who drops out for this that bit that back? Rocky Stevenson. Stevenson. Stevenson, I it would be Stevenson. I'd I'd drop Stevenson yeah. I know it's a difficult choice to make. It's a difficult call to make because I think Stevenson's been good, but I think yeah. I, to be honest, Hanlon, right? Charles saying steady Eddie. I think Hanlon has qualities that the other guys don't, and he has that experience as well that will help. He as a calm head, 
and I know a lot of people won't like me to Charlie and Cody won't like me here saying that, but it's true, he is a calm head and he is an experienced head, and I think we need that. Um, but yeah, it, it, what ifs, you know, football's a game built on what ifs, but to be honest, I think it, the defence is the least of our problems right now, because I think the defence have looked no bad, it's the midfield for me, because that's where we've been losing the ball, that's where it's been leading to getting into dangerous situations. So I think the midfield's the one that really needs to sort of get properly looked at so that we can get something going in midfield. A bit like the season, the 17-18 um, season, when we had that good midfield and we could get things going in midfield. I want a midfield like that because then it takes less pressure off Cadden and Mitchell and Mueller because they're the only um, outballs right now. It's like, you know, Boyle's left, but it's still the same problem. It's like there's a magnetic force pulling it down into that corner. Or down my, that um, my dad said the exact same thing on Saturday. Yeah. We, we were chatting during the during the game at some point, and uh, he was saying it's almost like we've replaced Boyle's outball with Cadden's outball. And, it's, yeah. and, and I don't know if that's just the, the type of play that we've been so used to for so many years with Jack Ross, but I feel like I feel like it's something that needs to be eradicated very, very quickly or else we've, we've nothing, you know, we can't go through the middle because our midfield's powder puff. We can't keep playing it out wide because teams have sussed us out. So what else do we do? You know what I mean? Like, we can't play the hoof ball because that's, that's, like, that's like watching the other half of the city. So you can, like, we've, we've no, I think, I feel like <clears throat> the only style of play is good if it works and if it doesn't, we've no plan B. I definitely. If we got, if we got on the end of a few of those chances at the weekend, and I know the old thing if my, was it if Manny had ball, she'd be my uncle. I get that. <laughs> but at the same time, that's why I put that tweet at the end and asked, and then my ass is, I don't actually think we're a million miles away. Like, I'm watching it, and there's a lot of Hibs fans that, to be honest with you, they probably shouldn't support Hibs because you need to you need to have a, a, a found an understanding of what Hibs are, right? They're a mediocre team, right? We're not going to win the league, right? We've got more chance of getting relegated than we have a win in the league, right? That's just the facts, right? The other fact is there's a hard truth for a lot of folk to hear. We're not that good. We've never really been that good. We'll maybe win a cup once every 10 years, or we'll get a third, Ken, maybe once every 10 years. I know we're trying to build towards a consistency. We're at third each year, but you've got to start somewhere. Like, you have to understand as well, like, the league is very competitive. Like, you might not like to hear it, but teams like Motherwell, they're a, they're a hard team to beat. They are. Yeah, they're yeah. decent players. Uh, Aberdeen, they're always, they've always been a decent team. Hearts, hearts are just big and physical and horrible, and can we never, we never really do that well against them. And I'm no settling. I'm just actually looking at the facts here. Can you like your Celtic, your Rangers, you really get a result off of them at home or away, really? Um, so you need to understand, Ken, what we sort of are. I mean, Miller for me at the weekend was so positive getting on the ball, trying to go forward, and the minute he lost it, folk couldn't wait to get up out their seat and shout something. They were just itching to shout something negative all the time. And it's like, see if that's your, see if that's what you're here for. Like, honestly, like, just forget it, man. Just go and, you'd be as well as going supporting someone else because the majority of folk what I did is moan. Do you know what I mean? For for uh, me, and I, I'm no, I'm not saying I'm no moaning because I'm happy with it, but it's been a lot worse. I, and a lot of folks feel that's a dangerous thing to say, or it could be worse. But I tell you what, it has been a lot worse at Easter Road. Do you know what I mean? It's no great, and I'm not a fan of Jake Dale Hayes. I don't think he's good enough. I've said that at the week. I, I don't think Neil's particularly good enough, and I don't think um, Campbell's good enough either. I think people need to, you know, 
just have a wee bit of a reality check and realise that, as I said, I think I think take Celtic and Rangers out of this league, and I think it's the most competitive league in Europe. It's an extremely competitive league. I yeah, yeah exactly. Outside of those two. The thing is, the other thing I want to sort of say about that, and I know people might not like to hear this, but it's true that you've got a manager coming in that is radically changing the style of football halfway through a season. To me, this season's a write-off now, to be honest. It's just get it done, hope we get top six. If we can get fourth and get into Europe, that would be brilliant. We do well in the cup. I'd like to see the semi-final, the final. Win the damn thing would be nice, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself here. And mm-hmm. I think that would be okay. And then give Maloney, a bit like when Jack Ross first came in, then give Maloney the all of the next season, give him a full season, summer and winter window, and I can guarantee you something special's coming. We need to get the dead yeah. out of the squad. I, um, I, I, I'd like to jump in and say that I don't think the season's a write-off at all by any stretch. I think if results can click... places, it's got to take, oh, a, it's got to take, it's got to take it's a miracle take... to derail that. It's going to take well, hearts. To... Ahead, but I didn't mean right off as in let's not. I mean right. Uh, what I meant to say is it it shouldn't really be right. We we've we've got this sort. Of, I, I don't know what to say lower the bar because I, you you'll get the uh, you're accepting. Listen, fourth, fourth, fourth after the last couple years. I think I think I think fourth is where we'll finish. I think we just need to start like I think we need just need to click, and I think once we click, we'll be flying like. Right, absolutely. It's something. Something's obviously happened for going for beating Aberdeen one 0 and then to convincingly beating Dundee United three one, to losing at home to St Mirren and Livingston. Something's changed. I don't like. I don't know what it is, but I, I, I think um, going back to your point, Calvin, about Muller. Like I really, really like Muller. I think he's obviously still adjusting to the game, and let's not forget he's just played a full season in America. But sometimes, and I'm not being negative about him, but I think sometimes he takes two extra touches. I think sometimes he can probably get rid of the ball in two and he's still done the exact same as what he's done when he takes four. Yeah. But I, you're right, Calvin. I think some people are, and I'm probably too quick to, to shout at Nisbet for being a lazy bastard at times, but I think um, I think that's just that's just the nature of it. Like We as Hibs fans, we probably expect too much. And there's I no think, evidence to back it up when you look, I, when you look at I what think, we expect. There's no I think, evidence. That's all right because we're we're ambitious football fans and we want the best for our club and what have you. But I think we need to also remember that Maloney's like brand new into this job. People calling for Maloney's head already. Hand your season ticket back. Then he come back to Easter Road if that's the if that's the attitude you're having with a new manager it's, that's it's been the in the same door thing two minutes. As well, like well, well, I want to quickly make a comparison here with Maloney, but it's the same thing as well. Like wait, wait until everybody's crying out for Dabrowski, right? Wait until Dabrowski makes a mistake. He's going to get caught out with one of these back passes that the defence keep on putting to him and putting him under pressure. He's going to get caught with it and Twitter's got to go into a meltdown. They're all going to be calling for him, saying, oh, he's hopeless, he's no this, he's no good enough. It's going to happen. Mark my words, it's going to happen. But just uh, before we move on, because I think we've kind of summed up this St. Millen game, be more of a conversation about the team and the structure of the play rather than the result. Uh, because we could, you know, it's a bit boring just going on about the same thing, the results and that. But for me, uh, I wrote this up last night. I was going to tweet it out, but I thought, Christ, I actually want to go to sleep tonight, so I'll no bother. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it, it's a difference between Sean Maloney and Ian Cathro. Now, a lot of people are saying Cathro, uh, Maloney's our version of Cathro. It's a lazy comparison. And here's why. Because I'll, I'll tell you what, I've got a rant 
If you look at Sean Maloney, right, here's a comparison between the two. The teams played for, so Maloney, Celtic, Aston Villa, Wigan, Chicago Fire, Hull City, and the Scotland national team, right? You've got Ian Cathro, who's played for Forfar and Brecon, right? Look at the teams he managed, right? For example. Hang on on a minute, Jack. If you have a look here as well, you've got major honours, right? Neil Lennon, eh, sorry, Neil Lennon, Christ. Uh, Sean Maloney, he's won nine major honours, right? Plus, he's a UEFA Cup runner-up, right, in his playing career. And then you've got Cathro, who's won a grand total of nothing, right? <laughs> Same as Craig Levine. So, it's a lazy comparison. Maloney's a winner, and what those stats tell you is he knows what it means to win. He's been part of a winning team and a winning culture pretty much everywhere he's went. Now, Cathro's greatest managerial success was guiding, uh, helping guide Valencia to fourth place in La Liga, which, which uh, to be fair, is a really, really mm-hmm. good sort of, um, as, as assistant manager, is a really, really good, um, you know, it's a good feather in his cap because that's quite a good thing to get to get them there. I, I, I realise that. But, you know, Maloney's been part of a really good Belgium, Belgium side as well. And I think the reason that comparison is lazy is because Castle doesn't know what it's like to be part of a winning culture. Whereas I think Maloney does personally. Yeah, I think the one for me about Castro as well is there was no respect in that Hearts dressing room for him either because how inexperienced he was. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was as simple as that. At least Maloney comes in with a bit of clout. And our, you can tell he's respected by the players. The way the players talk about him, you can tell he's respected by the players. And that's also, I think, you know, sort of touch on the managerial sort of, I want to say pedigree point as well. I think the Valencia one... For me, Cafo, that was a good Valencia team that should have been doing a lot more outside of the league. And remember, they, they if it's if it's the season I'm thinking about, they got put at the Copa del Rey by somebody embarrassing when they were favourites to win it. Bear in I mean, mind, Jack. Bear in mind, we're about to play our broth on Sunday, uh, Saturday. We're flying. Ken, if we if, oh, see if we get beat on Saturday, these these comparisons are going to fly again, and it's going to be and the the reaction on Twitter is going to be a meltdown, mate. So. I, as much as I agree, I think we shouldn't bite our tongue too early. <laughs> you know what I mean? What I've got to say about that, though, is, right, it, now, if it's the season I'm thinking of, it was Union Easter de Salamanca who were in the Spanish third division. 14, That's not exactly our bro. season, Jack. Hmm? 2014-2015. Yeah, it was Union Easter de Salamanca then. I knew it. The thing is, right, they were in the third division. They were in the um, Tercera division. That's not our growth levels. That's... Um, you're talking about a uh, cove who we beat just, but the thing is, for me, is don't compare Maloney to Cathro. It's just a silly, like comes a silly, lazy comparison. And Maloney's a lot more exciting. You can tell what he wants to do, and I think he's going to have these demons. But we've got to give him the time. I've said this so many times on here. Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, we've got to give him. We've got to give him the time because he's <clears> building something special. And like I said, the bones of it are there. The foundations are there. We just need to build on those foundations, get in more players that can fit in with his style in the summer, and we'll be good. So I think this season's about getting it over the finishing line, hopefully get fourth in European football. I'd love that. And then next season, we can start really building on the big ambitions. So that that's it for me. But anybody calling for Maloney's head, it's no right. It's no right for me because... He's a good, he's a good coach and he's a good manager, and I think that he is building something. I've, I know I've said that so many times before, but he is building something. Just please give him the support. It's not like with Jack Ross, where I think Jack Ross genuinely he had a sort of decent CV behind him, and folk were getting frustrated. Um, 
Oh, I'd like to have it on record that I think we should have given Jack Ross at least the cup final. But that that ship sailed, and that let's leave that skeleton in the cupboard. But um, for me, Maloney need, as a manager needs to be back, and he needs the fans who live behind him. <laughs> yeah, and that's it for me. All this, and I, and I think I know, I know again, it's it's not a great thing, but see when you hear all this, right? What you say, folk, the minute something happened, he got to get up off their seats to have a complaint. He's now where you sit, Calvin. He's you're not that far away from our dugout. Jink is going to be nice for Maloney to be sitting there hearing that. It's no good for him. It's no good for the uh, players. He's already had a wee bit of interaction with the crowd as well. Yeah, uh, with the players and that. So I think it's no good for morale. And I know it's difficult, mm. you know, I can be guilty of getting carried away sometimes. I'll be the first to admit that. But I think it's, and I'm sure Charlie will join me in saying that as well. The two of us will get barred one day. Anyway, I think the thing is, is you've just, it, it doesn't help. It's a big mentality thing. Is if you're clapping the play, like I said, I don't, I never, I never boo, no matter what the result is. I, if we lose, I don't say anything because you go, no, right, okay, if we lose, that's it, just leave, go home. I, you win, can... I clap them, but even like Jasper, I think that's something like Jasper and Rocky, they came over and were East Stand uh, at full time against the minute. Nobody was doing it back, so I decided to stand just at the stairs before you go down to because to show them a bit of appreciation, at least they. Put a, both of them put in a good effort in the game and they're showing a bit of appreciation to the fans and I think little things like that help the players because at least they know right or at least they're not against us you know what I mean and I think folk are into, I've, I've said this before folk are entitled to criticise Christ I criticise all the time if you want to come and sit next to me at Easter Road you'll see criticism trust me <laughs> but there's a line between criticism and then just being toxic for the sake of it you know what I mean Okay, Jack, so <clears throat> tell us about the, the women's team's 1-0 defeat to Aberdeen. To be honest, I think we were quite unfortunate in that game. <clears throat> I know we should be beating teams like Aberdeen, and it feels sort of like going back to the Partick defeat. feels like that to me, mm. where it's a team we should have really been beating, but this just didn't click on the day. I think we, we're dealing with some very tough conditions up there. Um, very sort of I've windy. Dean say that the wind sort of affected Very the windy and sort of snowy. And I think we were unfortunate because Aberdeen went 1-0 up very early on. I think it was about the eighth minute mm. and just dug in. And we had a few chances um, from what Dean's been saying. And um, I'm, I'm yet to watch the highlights on recast, but I will watch them as soon as I can. Mm -hmm. But from what Dean was saying and from my own judgments of what I've seen from other people, that we were getting a lot cleared off the line or we just maybe weren't taking our chances at the best of times. So I think it is an unfortunate one. It's, it's not good for momentum, because I think we actually started the year quite well. We got that draw against Celtic. We yeah. um, ground out that win against Motherwell. We were very unlucky against Rangers. Um, we got that big win against St. Johnston in the Cup. So I think for me, is it was extremely unfortunate. Um, but at the end of the day, fair play to Aberdeen, because they put in a good performance. Mm. And we just maybe <clears throat> won up to our... We won the up into our usual um, intensity. And I think... Do you uh, think the happened. girls have maybe, do you think they've maybe became a wee bit steel because they kind of know where they are, like they know what they are, like they're, they they probably are. If you were to lay out and guess at the start of the season, a better man probably would have put us in fourth place and we're there comfortably at the moment. I think we're still nine points above Aberdeen. Do you think they've sort of took the foot off the gas a wee bit or? I don't think, do think it is because they don't really seem to have to have the drive to get any further than fourth, but they all seem to be pretty comfortable there at the same time. I think fourth is fourth. I think fourth's enough for me to be honest, considering what we've got. I'd like to see third and push for the Champions League, but I don't think that's realistic with the way the three Glasgow teams are 
if I've invested in. I think Celtic are away out in front in third, but it is, you know, losses like that won't help because I think it's getting quite tight around our neck of the woods on the table. And you can tell that the gap between mid-table and the upper half of the table in the SWPL is um, narrowing. Now, in the past, you'd be playing teams like Forfar Farmington or Glasgow Women or, or teams like that, that you'd, or Sterling Uni even, that you knew you'd be getting points against. Guaranteed, in a season, you'd be getting points against them. It's not like that anymore. You've got Aberdeen, you've got another big name in the form of Dundee United, they're probably going to come up next season. They have the money and the resources to throw at it. So I think it's important that we beat teams like that for me. But I think fourth, well. I'm happy with fourth. And I think we're going to stick there. I think I don't think the girls are taking their foot off the gas at all because they're not like that as a team. I think you speak to any of them, they'll tell you that they always want do you to think, more. Do you think everyone else is caught up? Because for me, I feel like we're kind of like in the same... We're just the same as everyone else is getting better. Like I feel like Celtic and that and Rangers and, and Glasgow City are a lot better than we are. And I feel like the likes of Motherwell and Hearts and that aren't really that far behind us. They aren't far behind us I feel us like at all. Two, two, three years' time, like, where are we going to be? Are we going to be fighting with the teams above us or are we going to be in the same place because they're only going to get better and better? And for me, the teams below us are getting better and better. Like, yeah. when I saw us play Hearts, I thought that last day, uh, the Hearts coach, I can't remember her name off the top Eva of my head. Olid. What's her name again? Eva Olid. Aye, Eva. Uh, she had... Um, well, when I seen them at Easter Road compared to when we played them at Tencastle, they'd gotten a lot better and they're, they're getting good at picking up results too. Like they beat Motherwell and that at the weekend. Like, whereas I feel like we're a wee bit stale at times. Yeah, I think for me, is it's difficult to judge it off of one game because I think, like, the part. But that's been like a, like, if you look at the whole season, like, judging it off the whole season, like, losing to Partick and that. And like, another thing I was going to say is, like, what's your thoughts? And like, the likes of Alexa, like, it's all good and well scoring against, like, lower league opposition, like we did last week scoring those. It's two, two or three. She got two last week, was it? She got, yeah, she got two against. It's she like, but we, we seem to struggle scoring against. You know, bigger teams like the Celtics, like the Rangers, like, um, you know, uh, just week in week out, we seem to really struggle to be to score. But think, when we play lower league like the St Johnson or the Genefield Swifts or whatever you call them, like we seem to be able to score for fun. But it's that it seems like a step up the league we're in. We seem to be struggling, I think, up front. I think to me uh, that, that's nothing to. I, I think for me, and I've I've been watching Alexa play recent, a lot recently, and it's not for anyone and no trying. It's because I think how she plays, and also you've got a factor. And I've said this before: is her height. It makes her an easy target, and a bit like with Boyle, the defenders are doubling up on Alexa, and they know that she'll be easy to take out. And I've noticed that a lot. Whilst against lower league teams, that's not going to be much of a problem because Alexa's pace and height catches them out. But when you're playing experienced defenders for the likes of Aberdeen, for Celtic, for Rangers, it becomes a problem. Now, like I said, the Aberdeen defeat, I don't think it's defeats like that in Partick, you just got to go right. They're sort of blips because apart from those two, we've not lost to anybody in that sort of neck of the woods of the table. And I don't think scoring goals is particularly a problem because before Sunday, you had to go all the way back to November the last time we didn't score a goal. So even in the games we were losing or drawing, we were still scoring goals. So I think for me, it was just a case of what well, we're unlucky with the fact that Aberdeen were just really good at shutting us out. Mm. And what will be good for us is I think we've got Gart Cairn in the Cup on Sunday. Now, they're third division. They're in the same league as Edinburgh City, SW Championship South. I think that'll be a good confidence booster. You know, just get out there, 
we sh- that's a team that no great disrespect to them, but we should be putting double double figures past them. Mm-hmm. Just get out there and that'll do it because it did it for Celtic. Celtic were on a bit of a shaky run and then they came and beat City 12-0 and then Celtic got their confidence back. So I think we need a bit of a confidence booster. We need a bit of a you know game where we can just get the ball down, play our way of football. I think that's it because we didn't play badly against Aberdeen. Our work rate was good. Mm-hmm. I think apart from their goal, we were brilliant at the back. But that just magic moment didn't come for us. And I think that's the common team in a lot of these games. And I, I, it, it's disappointing, but I know at least the girls, I don't think it's like with the men where it's because the ability is not there. You know, with some of the players, I think with the girls, it's just they have unlucky games. Because we've got a talented squad, and we've, I think all three of us have said this before, we've got a talented squad. It's just sometimes we that talent doesn't come out in games because I mm. think we have a game, we have a very set game plan, and when that gets, when we get frustrated out of that, we begin to lose our heads a bit. I've noticed that. Um, so another thing is, that, the one thing I would like to see is that I would have liked to have seen a little bit of rotation because I think playing the same team three weeks in a row is not exactly a good idea with fatigue. I think fatigue probably played a big part in that Aberdeen defeat as well, to be honest, because I know we're limited with injuries, but I think Tony, Ria, even Jenna Penman, our new signing, all three of them are good enough to to start for me, especially against Aberdeen. I think I said that I wanted Jenna Penman to come and get a chance against our um, old team. And I think Ria and Tony would have made an impact in that midfield because they're more attack-minded midfielders. Do you think... Um, do you think them coming on the pitch and doing nothing's going to... Well, not nothing, but... Well, not nothing, because actually I'd like to... I, I, that's something I'd like to pick you up on there. Tony and Ria, I think, from what I heard and from what I've sort of seen, the momentum swung when Tony yeah. and Ria came on because they're more attack-minded midfielders. Aye, aye. No, I'm not, I'm not disputing that at all, but do you think, do you think them coming on and still losing the game is going to be a hindrance for their chances, or do you think they're going to get more chances based on that, or...? Not at all, not at all to be honest, because I think um, it's not really their fault if you see. No, them. for sure, for sure. It, it's it's one nil or one nil down. Aberdeen have obviously just went one nil up and sat back because yeah. when you're a team that that neck of woods of the table, you're going to do that. You know, I think let's be honest, Aberdeen, Aberdeen men in their current situation would do that. Go one nil up and probably just try and sit on it. Um, and well, that's what Derek McKinnis, that's what Derek McKinnis Aberdeen used to do. So I think, yeah, Aberdeen did that. And that's very much, you can tell with um, Emma Hunter, the Aberdeen manager, that that's her style, that she likes to go one nil up and just sort of mm-hmm. sit on it and um, try and defend it. So I think for us, that was a problem. And the other one, I was like, the other one that perplexed me is those two changes were good. I think bringing on Tony and Ria were good changes. But the one that perplexed me, and it was great to see Leah come back, um, but the one that perplexed me was bringing an attacking player off or a defensive player when you're losing 1-0. I don't think that was particularly great. And that was where I thought, well, well I think we're just going to accept that, that, that this is it now, or we're going to try and play for a draw maybe. That's what it looked like to me when Leah Eddie came on. I'm not saying that that's not against Leah. I think Leah's a brilliant player. It was great to see her come back after that wee injury. But for me, I think that defeat was particularly annoying because it, we were on a decent run of results. And I thought, well, it'll be like Motherwell. We'll just tough it out. We'll grind out a result. So, yeah, and like I said, that's why it's crucial. Mm. I think we get a big win against Gart Cairn in the Cup because it'll maybe get us a bit of confidence back. Uh, maybe kick, kickstart us again, maybe. Yeah, because so. we, we, we kicked on for Stirling Uni and Dundee <clears> United. beat the 10-0, yeah. 10-2, and then we started the season really well. So I think Gart Cairn will have the same effect. 
But having said that, and we'll, we'll talk about it more probably later on in the week, um, is Gart Cairn do have some top-flight experienced players on their team, and they are the best, I'd say, alongside City and Livingston, they're the best team at that level. Edinburgh nice City save players. there, Jack, nice save. <laughs> They're the best team in that. They're the best team at that level. So yeah, Aye. I do think they've got and they've got players that are first and second division standards. So I wouldn't. They're third division in name only. Gart Cairn. They are a very decent team, and I've known that because City played them and <clears throat> they gave us a good game and eventually beat well, us. Well, we so we we should if we're if we're aiming to be the first and the first or second or third best team there, we should really sweep sweep them aside. Absolutely. You know, well, but what what is your score predictions for the game, Jack? What you how do you think that one's gonna go? You're saying double figures. I've been very reserved with my um, predictions recently when it comes to the Hibs women team. Uh, to be honest, so with take it away, mate. What do you think it's gonna be? To be honest, I'm gonna say Hibs ten got care no. Okay, okay. And I know that's that's probably but I think City are just as, if not a better, just as good, if not a better team than Gut Cairn. And we're about, I think we've been about level with Celtic this season and just we've been, didn't get the rub of the green. And if Celtic can beat City 12-0, I think we could easily do around that to um, Gut Cairn. And so, to be fair, I do I do think we can do that. So, I but overall for me, the girls, it's, it's a poor result, but just got to keep the heads up, move on for it. And I think, to be honest, fourth's what we're getting this season. I don't think we'll do any worse. And it's looking increasingly unlike we will do any better because Celtic are away out in front and third. So, yeah. So you're going 10 now. Charlie, what are you going, mate? I'll be happy. With, I'm, I was going to say I'll be happy with one. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, no, I, I think I think based on us beating St. Johnston, who are a div- division higher than Garkey and Jackie. Yeah, then the rest will be PL2. So I, I think you're you're hopefully looking at like eight or nine nil hibs. Like I, I think we, I think we need a big confidence booster. Um, are they part time? Are they be part time that team? Aye, they will be. Yeah, got part time. But, um, but I didn't. I, on that though, I didn't want us to just be like, oh, we need a cup game to get us confidence. Like we should be, we should be able to replicate that. And obviously, not putting double figures past teams in our league, but like we should, we shouldn't be using the cup as a confidence booster for sure. But no, I'll be happy with eight or nine. I'll go. I'll go eight. I'll go eight now. Aye, but if we can get if we can get the uh, uh, silverware at the end of the game, it might be attractive, eh? Aye, true. Because yeah, come, come think... the end of this, come the end of the season, the only bit of silverware that any Hibs players touch has got to be the handcuffs that Joel Newell found himself in. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right, that's got to be the oh, only right, bit of silverware we've got this year. We'll, we'll be getting we'll be getting a gagging order if we continue it. But no, I think. So I wanted to say, I've seen, I seen quite a few, sorry, I'm not going to name names, but I've seen quite a few tweets for fans of the women's team after the game that were saying some very horrible things. And I think... Is that your burner account? <laughs> Is that your account that wants Dean out again? <laughs> oh, God. Me, right. no. me. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to stick up for Dean because I think he had a set-up spot on. He had a set-up spot on, him, but I think Aberdeen frustrated us. But anyway, sorry. I wanted mm-hmm. to say that, folks, it, it, the girls will always bounce back. They did it against Partick. They <clears> bounced <throat> back for the Partick game. They bounce, they'll bounce back for this. And I think we've got a women's team that we should be very, very proud of because of their history, but also the fact that they can recover from defeats. Now, if they were anything like the lads, they would have lost that and that's it. We're not going to see another win for quite a wee while. But they're not like that because they always recover. And I think there's a good, they're a squad with a good attitude. And I know that because I know folks will say, but oh, um, <clears throat> You know, folk, folk are saying, "Oh, you know, you just say that because you're you're um, good mates with a lot of the players or whatever." I, I'm I genuinely mean it, and as people know, I know my women's football. 
And I see a squad that's got a lot of a good mentality when I see it. And that, that's what our squad have got. So, yeah, I think folk need to sort of lay off it. And I think folk need to realise that it's not like the men's team where the players mm-hmm. don't see the stuff you say very often. The players see that and the manager sees that. And it's not going to be nice for them to see that. So trying, like, if there's a defeat, you can say, oh, maybe that's un- that wasn't great. But I genuinely think we played well. We were just unfortunate. It's as simple as that against Aberdeen. So I think we just need to dust ourselves off. I think coming on to Charlie's point about, you know, a cup, it being a cup game, you shouldn't need a cup game against lower league. I'm in, I'm in two minds with that. I do think it will help. At the same time, I do think we just, how we play against these teams we're capable of doing it because look at what we did against Spartans at the start of the season. We beat them, to, we blew them away. Now, usually we mm. don't do that to Spartans. You know, usually games against Spartans are tight. So for me, I think we just need to find that killer instinct and it'll come, though. It'll come. And I think once we get a fully, a properly, fully <clears> fit squad, <throat> we'll be there. And yeah, I think for the cup game against Scott Ken, I would like to see some players start. Tony... Via Jenna, I'd like to see them all start. Even give Rosie Livingston a run out because I think Rosie Livingston's a fantastic young player who, at 15, she's got well, look at it, she's got a massive career ahead of her. Mm-hmm. If you look at players in the women's game, like look at Joel, Joel's in her mid 30s now and she's still going. So Rosie's got at least 16, 17 year career ahead of her. And if she's playing first team football already at 15, you can tell, like, so I think the girl deserves a shot against a lower league opposition. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what Dean does with the squad rotation. So you're going for ten now, uh, Jack. Charlie, yeah. you're going for eight or nine. I think I'm going to go. Uh, I think I'm going to go four-one Hibs. You ain't got Kernel score. I, 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 I just just try to be balanced. Today. I can. I feel like sometimes when I shoot too high, I miss it. <laughs> well, um, I, I, well, to be fair. I do agree with that. It reminds me of what they said in the new Spider-Man film. If you expect disappointment, then it's not as no, bad. No, no, I've not quite gone for that. I'd, nah, but I, I'd say I, I'll, I'll go 6-0. 6-0, Hibs. 6-0. 6-0. Maybe that's a wee bit too... Maybe I'm being a wee bit too, uh, too, too dim and gloom. Um, well, fair, I do so, think they might get a goal because the striker used to play for Forfa and she used to score against us when Forfa was still in the league. So uh, we'll, see. We'll, see what, we'll see what time it brings. Right. We move on to the Rangers review, guys. Let's get fired into it. So, a couple of things I just wanted to mention off the top here. Um, and obviously, a quick uh, ton of events will be facing Rangers on Wednesday night. Uh, so two nights, so we're, we're, facing who? we're facing who, Calvin? Calvin the Rangers. The Rangers. The Rangers. Thank you. Thank the you. Rangers, the Zombies. So, one thing Maloney said in this pre-match and uh, his post-match interview was that uh, we will have to play differently against Rangers. Um, what do you think he means by that, or what could that look like? Well, we're playing against twelve men for a start, so that'll be hard. Oh, uh, but his brother beating the No, it's it's uh, the boy that sent Porteous off. What's his name? Nick Walsh. So actually, we're playing against sixty thousand and twelve men, so it's going to be a hard game, really. Um, I, I I think he's gonna. I think he's probably going to try and. Maybe change the system a wee bit, um, but <clears throat> I don't. I'd, we'll see. Sorry, what I'm still shocked that Charlie went there. Eh? Um, yeah, but I think for me, I think what he means is to me, and this just might be me misinterpreting, is cut out the silly mistakes because, as we've seen against <clears throat> um, them for Gorgie, when when Rangers smell blood, they go for it, and uh, I, I think I'm glad we were not playing them after that old firm. Like that could have easily been us. 
Aye, but Hearts, Hearts quite often get humped off the old firm. I mean, they got pumped off Celtic 7-0 a few times. Or was it 8-0 one time as well? Like, they get pumped off Rangers, silly, as well. Like, that, ne- to be fair to us, it never really happens to us. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a Hibs team yeah, get but we, more I than think four off the Rangers. Last time was that 6-1 with Hecken bought. I mean, to be fair, we had a man sent off as well. So, but I Aye, think That didn't count. But the thing for me is, I think what Maloney means is he's going to maybe try and tweak it. And I tell you what, I'm going to say this now, it's written in the stars, because every time we've had an ex-Celtic player as a manager, we do well against them at Ibrox. Look at Neil Lennon and Alan Stubbs. So um, I think it's written in the stars for Maloney, but I think what he means is against Rangers, <clears throat> we're maybe going to be more direct. So we're maybe going to cut Do you not think it'll mean we're going to be more defensive? I don't think so, and I'm going to tell you for why. I think he wants us to be... He's probably looked at how we played against him in the semi, and he's went, right, I want us to be more direct. And I think we'll come out the traps quite quickly. I think Maloney's looked at that and went, right, I think we've got to be direct. Now, you definitely can, the way to beat them. He's definitely the way to beat them, and I think Maloney knows that. Who have we got on that team that's like Martin Boyle, though, Jack? Well, you've got Cadden, you've got Mitchell, the they struggled with pace, struggled with Cadden. Hmm. The thing I'm going to say about that is it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter to me because Mitch, I, Mitchell's got the speed and he'll take them on. Now, Tavernier or Barisic, Mitchell's going to turn either of them inside out, to be honest, I think, because they don't like being ran at. You've seen that against Celtic. Celtic ran at the two of them. They struggled. They really struggled. I mean, and, and I think Mitchell could really have the Rangers defence a bit baffled. So I think for me, Maloney means will be more direct. Now, I think that might just be me being naive and wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. But I also think he means cut out the silly mistakes because you could tell he was frustrated with that. And the, the yeah. past couple of games, you could tell he was frustrated with that. So hopefully, Maloney gets us set up. <clears throat> maybe we're a bit more direct. Maybe we're a bit more uh, gutsy. Maybe we sort of run at Rangers. I'd like to see that. And I think that's what he means. I'd like to think that's what he means as well because, as you said, Calvin, that's what we need to do to beat them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... Uh, obviously, after a couple of surprising results against Ross County and Celtic, uh, what did what do you think Rangers got right against Hearts? In terms uh, of like, how have they changed their mentality from getting pumped? Well, they, well, they realised they had their wee brothers to play against, so they their wee brothers lie down against them for one. Uh, but they <laughs> they seem to just attack uh, from the get go, and I think they they're going to do the same against us, aren't they? Yeah, uh, they're going to they're going to run at us. I think that's the thing is Rangers will be at the traps early as well. And that's why I think we need to do that to match them. We just I think the other thing about Hearts is they had... Now, I don't really like Morelos as a player, but I think having Morelos back, you could tell that gave Rangers that little bit extra something because Morelos has that physical... El presence. Huffalo. El, but, uh, well, I'm, I refuse to call him that. But uh, I'm calling him Huffalo because all he does is great. Have you seen his face? He's always huffy. But I think he, having that physical presence up front really helped Rangers. Uh, but remember, we, we've got big boys at the back as well, Ken. Well, that's we've it. Got, that, Rocky, but, I don't think Rocky can be pushed about. I think Porter. Exactly, but the main I'm thing saying, is, I think for me is getting getting through the game with eleven players on the pitch because they will wind put us up. We can't afford to have anybody sent off for that or no, dragged into dragged into playing any sort of daft sort of rough style of football. We need to get the ball in the deck and pass it like what Maloney does. Um, but I definitely think one of the biggest things we need to do is we need to come through here with eleven men because they'll wind put us up to the first whistle. And if we lose Porteous, it's too too many too much changes to the back line for Maloney, and he'll be hung out to dry. No, exactly. We can't. We cannot afford our red card. And 
you know, Ibrox is a place where you're going to be most likely to pick up a red card. And I'm not saying that because I'm not going into, I'm not going doing Charlie's route of thinking here um, because I'd, I'd like to. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wrong though. You're not wrong, but what's your I, thought? I, I, I my, mean, thought. My, my thought is that we're going to, like, Nick Walsh has sent Portis off three times in his career. Mm-hmm. Last time it was never a red card. And I just think, obviously, mind the last, obviously, it was in the hips hands in the ground, but there was 60,000 of them shouting for a red card and he gets it. The referee, yeah. the referee is as uh, unbiased as, <laughs> use that term in the, in the most ironic way possible. Inept. As inept as they are, you get a three match ban now. I couldn't care less if I get a three match ban for it, but there he's going to be he's going to turn based on what the crowd are saying. Aye, and of course, he is. So, we're gonna we're gonna be up against it for the word go. Mm-hmm. And if and if we're gonna come back with 11 men on that park, then we can't we can't get drawn into that. Well, that's and, what I was going to say. That, that's what I was going to say. Is I think to me. We need to just calm it down, and I think it's hard. It's going to be hard to approach us because they're obviously, unfortunately, some of the stuff he's taken off of their support has been discussed, and I think it is going to be emotional for him. What he needs to do is he needs to leave that in the dressing room when he goes out onto that pitch. He reacts, and or he gives the referee any excuse, the red card will be out. Right? We need, like what Calum was saying, we need to finish the game with 11 men if we have any mm. chance in this. And, I, and mm. I think the thing is, it's a two-way street. We know the officials tend to lean <clears> towards um, the Rangers. We know that the crowd are going to be on our players' backs so they were going, that the referee will probably go with the crowd. But we didn't, We on the other side of that, it's a two-way street. We should not get into this stupid physical... No, don't, don't, not, you know what I mean? Don't not be physical. But don't go over the top with it because that gives them an excuse. And if you give them an excuse, that's it. Red card, off you go, and then it becomes a problem. So I think uh, we need to be sensible with our play. So don't launch into silly tackles. If Rangers are going to go, just... Because I, I, what I notice a lot about Rangers is sometimes that their, their moves just break down of their own accord. I think sometimes Rangers can get forward and go, mm-hmm. wait a minute, what are we doing here? And then it's sort of... The momentum goes out of it, like they've seen against Ross County and Celtic, and even against Hearts. Now, even against Hearts sort of earlier on in the game, Rangers were like getting the ball forward and going, what do we really do here? Mm-hmm. So for me, is if they're going to go, just let them tire themselves out or let them break it apart themselves. Then he launch into silly last-ditch tackles because that's the last that's the last thing we need there. So I think for me, is just try and play sensibly, try and play smart. That's what I want us to do at Ibrox. So we'll dive on to the next bit. Let's quickly batter through this because we've not got too long left. Um, right. Starting 11, I think, picks itself, so we'll leave that one out. Um, what do you think it, may, it means for Maloney if he gets a result? Just very quickly before we move on to Charlie's quick quiz. Huge. 30 seconds each. Huge. What will all it do for Maloney if he gets a result? I'll get the fans on side, for one. I mean, winning at Ibrox is the next best thing to winning at Tynecastle, so I think it'll get the fans on side. But also... It'll do his confidence good himself because he'll go, and I think it'll be it'll be a heroic moment for an ex-Celtic player going to Ibrox as a manager, his first managerial gig, and winning. I think that'll be a big thing for him. So, but for, for me, it gets the fans on side and it proves that we can compete with the old firm and that we can get results against the old firm. It's something that we need to prove that we can do because I think we're capable of it. So I think it'll show what this team's abilities are if we can get through it, and it'll maybe restore a bit of faith in Maloney and also prove that Maloney is on the way to building something good and it'll do his confidence world a good as well. And Charlie? 
Um, probably swings our season a wee bit. I think it gives us a big momentum boost, um, especially going into a tough game on Saturday, eh, Sunday against Arbroath. Um, I think, nah, I, I think it's, I don't think it's going to buy in, buy anyone's support though. I think, I it's a good good way to get a result and whatever. But I still think there's going to be people that aren't happy with him, regardless of what he does now, and. And that's just that's just it. I think nah for my money though, if he wins, like ideal cracking. Come on. Um good good momentum builder, but nah, I don't I don't think it'll I don't think it'll buy many people's support, unfortunately. Mm, I think for me if he wins it, I'm I'm with you, Charlie. I think it swings the momentum a wee bit and people might buy into what he's doing. Um so right, Charlie, let's jump on over to your quiz, mate. We're doing score predictions or we're leaving it. Oh, score predictions! Aye, like quick, let's go then. Hey, I'll I'll start. I think I think three one three one Rangers. Unfortunately, right, Charlie. Uh, sorry, Jack. I'm going to say I'm going to say a tight one nil Hibs, and Nisbet is going to score in the 89th minute. I'm going two 0 Hibs. Two 0 Hibs. Aye. Um, I'll have some of what you're having, mate. That's it. <laughs> right, Charlie, jump onto this quiz. Right. Um, let's do it. So we've started this new section on the podcast where we'll do a wee quiz every week. Um, and Calvin unfortunately got one wrong last week, so I was I actually got one, which I'm which I'm delighted because the quiz was difficult. So, um, we've got five questions this week. Um, just um, I to get the get the memories going. And uh, so first question, and Calvin, I'll come to you first. Uh, Gordon Smith is Hibs top goal scorer ever. How many goals did he score in total for Hibs? Mate, my not my knowledge of stuff like this is not great. How many go? How many did he score for Hibs? Um, eighty nine. Eighty nine. Okay. Don't know. Forty miles off there. <laughs> Jack. Oh, that's tough. Hey, go off the giggle, Jack. I can see it. <laughs> I'm just winding you up, mate. <laughs> Jack, you still there? Nice. He's having audio audio difficulties here. He's connect, connecting to audio. Give him a second. Right, so... So, Jack, what? how many goals did Gordon Smith score for Hibs? This is difficult. It's a lot, isn't it? Because I think he's one of our longest-serving players. I'm going to guess... I'm I'm gonna go for a hundred and twenty. Scored hundred twenty. You're both miles off it. It's three hundred and three goals for Hibs. And uh, well, I don't. Like... to the listeners, I hang my head. By the way, you'll be thinking I'm leaving a fan. I was close to them. There'll be. I, I, I was a lot. I was. Clo- I thought you meant just in the well. If you look at just the goals he scored for Hibs in the league, it's one hundred twenty-five. I'm no miles away. Ah, you're no miles away. For so someone who never seen the guy play. Next question: Who is Hibs' youngest player ever? Jack, we'll start with you this time. Oh, that's youngest player ever. Like to to, to like start for Hibs. The men's yeah. team, not the women's. The men's team. Oh God, eh. That's a difficult one. Like, is it by any chance? I might be wrong here, but is it like by any chance a young? Was it was it a, was it a young Derek Erden? Was it a young Derek Erden? I'll go to Calvin as well. Calvin, before I say the answer, Calvin, who's young youngest player ever for Hibs? Um, 
I want to say someone around like the Fletcher in that era. I'm just trying to think like. I want to say Lewis Stevenson, but I think that's wrong because Kenny was very young in the cup final. You're both you're both wrong. Kevin McCann? Nah, it's Jamie McCluskey. If, if you remember back to McCluskey. Yes, I remember McCluskey. That's a wee bit that's we a wee bit before my time, is it? That's all no, right. I remember McCluskey. Do you remember? I remember if you've ever listened to the open goal episode, the reason he Stephen Fletcher actually signed for Hibs because him and McCluskey were best mates. So is that no right? I him and McCluskey were best mates, and McCluskey was on trial with Hibs, and Fletcher had stayed over at his house the night before, mm-hmm. and uh, he came along as well to the trial to watch his mate McCluskey play, and uh, the boys, uh, one of the Hibs scouts says to McCluskey's dad, how old's that laddie there, talking about Stephen Fletcher, and he said, oh, he's the same age, he said, does he want to play? Fletcher went on and scored a hat-trick, and they signed him. Aye, there you go. So, uh, we'll move on to the next one. That counts uh, as a point. <laughs> uh, if I had sympathy points, mate, you'd get one. Um, this one, hopefully you get this, uh, or the podcast is being terminated instantly. How many times have we won the Scottish Cup? Men's again. Who are you coming to first? I'll go back to Calvin first. I'm going three times. Jack? Three. Three bang on point each. So, aye, it was 1898-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1896-1
does it count for players that have left? Does it have to be players that are still here? It's in total who's hip stop goal scorer this season. Well, it's boiler, surely. Oh, you both, you both, you both, right? So we'll we'll call it a draw at two two. We're both right. Ah, you're both right, Martin Boyle. Kevin Nisbet is now our top goal scorer with a total of five goals. There you go. Fair enough. So there we are. Right. That brings the quiz to a close. Good job, boys. Yeah, so no worries. We'll be back next week. This is a bit of a longer episode. Good for the three of us to be back. We'll be back on Thursday or something like that, or maybe sometime during the week to review the Rangers game and... Um, hear our thoughts. I think we, we, might, we might, have a, might have a guest on Thursday, Calvin, eh? We're Enjoy. hoping to have a guest. I couldn't join us tonight, unfortunately, because he's quite a high-profile guy now working for the BBC and all that, and he's, he, he was a wee bit uh, busy getting back tonight, but we're hoping to be joined by a special guest uh, during the week there for a little bit of feedback on the Rangers game. So, aye. Uh, until next time, on the head. Hey.